0: The Yuletide TV Podcast is hosted by three college friends trying to find the best Christmas TV episodes ever made. That quest can, at times, be frustrating, which is a nice way of saying that this show contains explicit content. We know that might get us placed on the naughty list, but better us than you.
1: My
2: first Christmas in Poplar was unlike any other I had known. The streets, like all streets, were strung with colored lights and children drew up lists, like children everywhere. As the days ticked down, it seemed as though the district was fizzing with delight. But at Nonata's house, a different magic was at work.
0: Welcome to the Yuletide TV podcast, the podcast where we try and find the best Christmas TV episodes ever made. I'm Chris, and with me as always are my co-hosts, Brian. Hello, sir. And John. Oh, bravo.
3: Oi, sir.
0: That is a slippery slope that we do not need to go back down again.
3: (laughs) Hold on a second. John, that is very loose, lowbrow British accent. I think you really got to tighten it up if you want to do something for this episode. You know, you just have to be "Mm, very priss and very, very, mm, hello, yes, is it tea time yet? No,
2: they all, we've been over this. Every English person, to me, sounds like, oi, tea time, governor. That's... (laughs) The only way they talk. Do you have a nickel for the paper? All
0: John hears are Jason Statham's.
2: <laughs> a gym I used to I used to like work at basically would play snatch on repeat, like an MMA gym. And I don't know why snatch was what they went with, but it was just snatch.
3: All I can think of is Paul Shear's impression of. Jason Statham, when they were looking after the cellular movie uh, where Jason Statham plays an LA cop, and how the hell did that? Ha- oh, I'm Jason Statham, and I've been in LA my whole life.
0: I think Kinda. Snatch is the movie that people watch when they know they should be embarrassed about liking Fight
3: Club. <laughs> oh take, take a deeper dive on that chris what's embarrassing Sna- about snatches
2: when you like fight club for the wrong reason but you're not willing to admit you like it for the wrong reason yeah exactly you Thank you, John. Yeah. <laughs> well
0: we are not going to be talking about any of those things today but we have a special episode brought to us by our friends at the sleigh bells and mistletoe christmas podcast We'll be hearing from a little later on in the episode, but before we do that, I always like to check in with my co-hosts, who you've already heard a little bit from. How are you guys doing today?
3: We're about to talk about the furthest thing from Fight Club or Snatch, so be (laughs) prepared, listeners, because I know uh, we're going to be coming at you with a 90-degree turn here. (laughs) I mean, I'm sorry for that setup. There are
0: some things that are close to Snatch, but... Definitely the part of this thing from Fight Club.
2: Uh, yeah, this is about
3: as far yeah. as you can get from yeah. Fight
2: Club. And... <laughs> right?
3: Like, I, I just felt like prefacing that because typically, you know, we talk about the thing that we watch kind of and we hint at it. And I just don't want to give <laughs> our listeners the wrong impression. Yeah, that they just were
2: like, we really wanted you guys to go into Fight Club. Not the show. Not the movie. We want you to right. read the book. <laughs> yeah. Read the comic
0: and its sequels.
2: I mean, hopefully,
0: people have seen the seen the title of this episode and and understand what what they're getting into at least a little bit.
3: No, we've got devoted listeners, man. They just see that we put out a new episode and they hit play. They don't look at the title. They don't want to. Know, they want to be surprised. Can, can our new, can we start every episode
2: with a scale of how close this is to fight club? Fight club. <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right. All right. Here's the scale then. All right. One is um, Muppets Treasure Island. And then ten is Fight Club. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> it's
0: it's it's just so hard when you compare TV and movies, you know, they're just very different mediums. And so it, that that scale gets skewed fast.
2: I do hope there was one person who is really hopeful. We we're about to talk about like a psychological action movie after reading the title. And they were like into it until like Brian disclaimed it off. Now there's like, oh,
3: fuck, oh gosh. Well, I think they're still. I think they're still intrigued based off this conversation. Yeah,
2: we. Yeah, we started oh, the yeah. derailing early. This, this whoa, whoa.
3: Yeah, we did. Hey, whoa, John, I want to pitch something to you. okay? Yeah. yeah. Muppet Fight Club. Uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> 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 How cool would that be? I won. I'm just imagining the Helen and the Carter scenes with Miss Piggy. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: it's, it's going to get me through this episode for sure.
2: <laughs> I perfect. I haven't fucked like that since so great school, Kermie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh god, I don't think anyone <laughs> needs to hear any more of John Smith Piggy. So, <laughs> let's
3: I could stay hear a little bit.
0: Let's let's quickly dive into what we're talking about for today's episode, which is The First Christmas Special from Call the Midwife. Uh, again, this was recommended by our friends at the Sleigh Bells and Mistletoe Christmas podcast. It originally aired on December 25th, Christmas Day 2012, and it's currently streaming on Netflix if you'd like to watch it for yourself. But if you haven't, though, here's a little taste of what happened. It's Christmas in Poplar, and after delivering a baby, Nurse Lee is tasked with looking after Miss Jenkins, an elderly woman who can barely take care of herself. The other nurses work to put on a Christmas pageant, and one of the girls, Lynette, is revealed to be hiding a pregnancy. While Nurse Lee tries to find out more about Miss Jenkins and how she came to be in her current state, Lynette gives birth in secret and leaves the baby at the door of the convent. Nurse Lee discovers that Miss Jenkins had lived in a workhouse for most of her adult life and that she had to give up her kids to work there, one of whom Miss Jenkins keeps mistaking Nurse Lee for. The women at the convent try to track down the mother of the abandoned baby, and after Lynette passes out during the Christmas pageant rehearsal due to an infection, everyone is able to put two and two together. Nurse Lee discovers Miss Jenkins' children all died in the workhouse and takes her to the graves so she can have some closure. Lynette reclaims her child with the support of her parents, and the Christmas pageant is performed beautifully. Now, as I mentioned, this was brought to us by our friends at the Sleigh Bells and Mistletoe Christmas podcast. And to learn a little bit more about what their podcast is about, we've invited them to give a little summary to share with our listeners. And we're going to throw it over to Ricky from the podcast right now.
1: Hi, guys. Thanks for letting us be a part of your show. So, a little about the Sleigh Bells and Mistletoe Christmas Podcast. My co-host, Mary Richards, and I teamed up to start this little holiday journey in July of 2019. Now, although our day jobs and radio keep us plenty busy, we stumbled upon the fact that we both love Christmas. I had been trying to launch a holiday podcast for the last two and a half years, and through our combined efforts, SBMX was born. Our show covers just about anything holiday-related, whether it's vintage collectibles, holiday histories, from baking and budgeting to antique one-horse open sleighs, Christmas music, movies, and trends, if it's about Christmas, it can be featured on the Sleigh Bells and Mistletoe Christmas podcast. There are some episodes where we change the structuring or layout of the show, but generally, when someone downloads it, they'll typically hear Mary open with Christmas news, followed by an interview segment where I chat with guests from all over discussing fascinating Christmas topics, and we try to make it fun, informative, entertaining, uplifting, and even humorous. And we do this all because we truly believe the Christmas spirit can be felt and enjoyed all year long. Bringing others Christmas cheer all the while while having fun doing it, well, that's our goal. And we believe you'll hear that in each episode. You can find us wherever you download podcasts. And we also post links to the Sleigh Bells and Mistletoe Christmas Podcast post on our social media sites at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We hope you'll join us.
0: Well, thank you to them. And you can check out their podcast wherever you find ours. So let us talk about Call the Midwife. Now, this is, I'm guessing, a show not many of us, if any of us, had much familiarity with before watching it for this episode of our podcast.
2: Zero percent. I don't know where it existed.
3: Uh, no, I'd seen it around. Uh, it was making its rounds on Amazon Prime for a long time because Amazon Prime was kind of like the bastion for BBC television. You know, uh, you get your Doctor Who's, your Call the Midwives, your Downton Abbey's and stuff. Uh, your Mr. Selfridge's huh? Uh, uh, so you're
2: missing the best BBC show, which is Luther. Which is the only BBC show. BBC. That show is for me.
3: that is correct. I apologize. I apologize yes. to the BBC and I apologize personally to Eat yourself up. Yeah. Thank you. I do not want to piss off Black Superman. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good reference. Yeah. 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 I'll say I I my girlfriend
0: and I watched the pilot. Uh, of this series. it's She likes this show. She's watched a fair bit of it. Um, so we watched the pilot a while back, but um, never really went much further than that. So I had at least a little bit of a sense of who the characters were, but not a whole lot of what goes on beyond that. I mean, there's a certain self-explanation in the title. I mean, we know it's about midwives, and you get plopped into... The setting, which is kind of mid-century England, pretty easily. But I think from there, there's there's a lot you kind of need to to figure out and piece together. Although it's not terribly complicated.
3: Yeah, I think with the core characters, it was pretty easy to piece together. Like the nurses and the sisters at the church had no idea about the girl with the uh, the hidden pregnancy. That took a bit of uh, detective work. Put on my old Sherlock Holmes hat to figure that one out.
2: Did you just wait for halfway through the episode when they made it just so apparent it was her? <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> well, you know they also give hints early on in the episode. I mean, I mean she's looking at a pamphlet about nursing and like birthing. Yeah, yeah. You know? I think
0: I mean that that's that's your first clue, but I think you know with this is a very gentle show. Um, I would say. And so you're not sure how much twists and turns there are going to be in it. And so you're not necessarily looking for those things. So when she's looking at the pamphlet, one of the nurses is like, oh, you think you want to become a nurse? You're like, maybe she does.
2: Maybe she does want to become a nurse. (laughs) That's how I interacted with it. And that's why she was like nervous. I thought like maybe her father figure was like overbearing. And it's like, no, you will work at the mill for whatever he did. (laughs) And then he she was like, oh, but I really I do want to be a nurse
3: The I, father I is him. a church warden, whatever the hell that means I
0: thought he was like a I thought John was more, I thought he did like a woolen mill, because doesn't yeah. he give them all the wool
3: Does for he? the pageant? Yeah, after, I swear I heard him say, I'm the church warden Well, maybe that's just well, like It a could be thing. extracurricular we have, <laughs> I think
2: this could be just like a vernacular thing because we all grew up Catholic, and these are Church of England people, so that could just be like a deacon, or like an usher, or something. Maybe. I don't could be. I don't we do, know. We do
3: get a mention of a vicar.
0: Yeah, which, who doesn't like a vicar in in this episode? I like. I I think you know we were texting each other a little bit as as we were all watching this, and I think the part where I'm like, oh, this is very British, is the part where um the nurse that is putting on the Christmas pageant gets word that the vicar has invited the mayor to the nativity play and i just wrote down
2: very british problems <laughs> I, she is she is probably the most outstandingly british person in the show
3: oh yeah. and I, lo-
2: I just every she responds only in british witticisms and like specifically british phrases that we don't use in america
3: When was the last time you said wizard outside of dungeons and dragons
0: i also just like that scenario like that so there are like three main plots in this episode and that's the c plot pretty obviously and i'm just like oh this is like if this show didn't own that plot this is like what american shows parody british sitcom plots being (laughs) like there's
2: always a vicar involved in an american parody of a british sitcom (laughs) oh well isn't it like they're like defining like Comedy sitcom is about, like, isn't it about a set of priests? So I'm sure we just parody that. Wait a <laughs> second, they call him like Fa- Father Ted, I think,
3: is what it's called. Oh, okay, I was gonna say, oh,
2: yeah, that. Father Ted, yeah, Father Ted. So t- I'm sure we just parody Father Ted into the ground in America, but also <laughs> they deserve it. Well, they all. Set, they all t- they all talk raw.
0: <laughs> John, John going, full American. They drive on the wrong side of the road. They, they don't talk, talk American.
2: They have vicars and they should have bishops.
3: I'm glad we sent Dick Van Dyke over for Mary Poppins.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Tried to fix him up then. We couldn't.
3: No, we could not. I,
2: also do, I don't know if, like, I'm sure English people watch this and they think it's, like, incredibly quaint, too because I'm like I'm quite confident no one talks like they did in 1958 like the same way we don't in America. Yeah. But God, The well, English love a period piece, man. I was just That's about just to like say, their favorite fucking thing.
3: This is right up there with Downton Abbey, I'd imagine as far as television goes and why it catches people. Cuz it's just like Chris said, it's very slow-paced. There's not a lot of uh, "quote unquote" action or, you know, up-tempo things that really happen. It's not going to be like your Grey's Anatomy where Heidi, uh, what's-her-face, is going to die at the end of the season, right? You're just not going to have that. It's going to be more interpersonal relationships and politics. Yeah,
2: and to
0: compare this to another medically-based Christmas episode we watched, I mean, it's not ER where it's like people are in each other's faces. I mean, like, the most drama we get outside of, like, we, we have the the secret pregnancy at Christmas, and it's like, man, if you're a medical show at Christmas, you better be having a someone <laughs> having, <laughs> a <baby>. like, <laughs> <laughs> be having a baby. Better be having a baby in
3: real a scandalous conflicted way. About Whether they're going to keep that kid or not.
0: <laughs> but, um, I mean, outside of that, there's, like, the biggest drama is, like, the parents being, like, slightly ashamed that she had it, and then the christmas uh costumes getting ruined by a leaky pipe like
2: i mean a nurse a nurse gets punched by the crazy lady oh yes (laughs) that's drama that's fun that's some t that's some t and t baby they know drama. yeah and then (laughs) and then
3: she bridges the gap and builds trust by farting three times yes hell
2: yeah brother (laughs) (laughs) that's what you do in that's what you do in england gotta make that connection any way you can
3: right (laughs) through the ass ass to ass if you will
2: take that out take that out of context on brian just all day (laughs) i also like
0: that this was our second christmas episode we mentioned where someone was suffering from angina because i'm pretty sure that's what yeah the gilmore patriarch was was. in our our very first episode he was i don't know what it is about christmas and angina but they just seem to go hand in hand for some reason it's a callback
2: baby (laughs) I mean, that lady had so many more problems than that Man. She, yeah, she, she couldn't
0: even take off her shoes because they were melted to her flesh.
2: Do you guys, in general, like period stuff? Because I do not.
0: I, I think it depends on what it is. Like, it's like Mad Men. Love Mad Men. Period piece. This, it's tough. You know, it's, it's one we should start by saying we're not the target audience for this show like oh god we, no it's
2: for certain we, not for me <laughs> you know
0: and and that's fine like i think you know there's there's a lot of qualifications we can make and we're at least aware of that like we're not going in there expecting this to be our new favorite show that we're going to binge watch but it's really well done like you really believe you are you're in the time period but i think being in England and being in that time period, there's just like one too many levels of disconnect for me to to dive into it.
3: I, I'm going to come out publicly now and announce that I do not care for period piece television. It's boring. And unless it's Band of Brothers, I don't care.
2: Oh, hell yeah, brother. <laughs> uh, I'm going to also make I'm going to make a, another like a de- like add addition to it i think like i like mad men just fine but i think like the 60s are such a and i like band of brothers a lot too i think like the 60s and 40s are really easy to do period pieces about because we kind of like recognize them as like things that happen at least as americans and the 50s this weird the 50s is this weird like black hole that we don't get taught a lot about because like uncomfortable stuff in our history happened then so our schools dodge it and like we just like have we only understand the world is like well, everything before world war ii in america sucked and then afterwards was all great and then but like like my parents grew up in the 50s they're very old um <laughs> and i would hear like i'd hear stories and like the other day my mom just was like casually talking about like oh yeah my grandma used to sew my clothes so like i think like we just don't we can't grasp it because that part of history like exists so narrowly that like the 50s are so doofy that you're like why would a woman be allowed to rot in her house while it was condemning? Shouldn't have people cared? And it was like, not at that time. <laughs> well, no one... it's it's funny you mention
0: that. So I was watching this with my girlfriend, and she she was kind of making that point, but in a slightly opposite way. Where it's like, they they find this woman, they discover her living conditions, and then they're like, oh, well, the government will send someone to check in on her twice a day. And it's like, wouldn't that be a magical world we lived in here in America if that sort of thing happened and we took care of people like that?
2: oh yeah like honestly their their child like their care for women birthing children in 1958 england is far superior than 2020 united states of america (laughs) so they're like yeah and their their elderly service is way better like they're just killing it over there in 1958
0: dog yeah i mean i'd love to see someone pull a csi on that placenta the way that one woman did to like figure out how long, like, that was a wild, like, that was, to me, the wildest part of that episode, where they are looking at, the like, part of the placenta, and being like,
2: this girl's in trouble, we gotta find her, and I'm like, whoa, okay, big skills. (laughs) I'm I'm sure if they've been do, they're, like, they're, like, good at this, man, they're midwives, so, like, they know, they know when something's going bad, they know what to expect. They're professionals.
0: Oh, absolutely, I just again things i was expecting in this episode um you know pageant sure Uh, (laughs) delivering some babies sure (laughs) using a placenta to not really solve crime so to speak but kind of not not, wasn't high on my list
2: (laughs) see like my my first like thought when the the um like teenage young lady had the baby that was like oh this girl's gonna for sure die (laughs) like you can't just do that and can't just do that and not tell people you're all fucked up Then she had blood poisoning of course because of course you would yes i i will say like
0: again this is a very it's a pretty gentle show like it's it's pretty comfortable it's you don't really need to pay super close attention to it and still be able to kind of follow what's happening um but you know i i I was kind of expecting happy endings all around at the end, which is which is more or less what we got, except for the Mrs. Jenkins I, story to me was just really weird. like it was like they didn't quite have that part figured out.
3: I think it's because they didn't exactly restore her back to I don't know we didn't we we saw her hanging out and starting to sew again, but I don't know, I didn't feel like we had that full mental restoration.
2: Well, she's better. I think, like, you can't have... She's
3: better. No, undoubtedly better.
2: You can't have the story be, like, my mother got sentenced to a workhouse and then, like, found me 55 years later and, like, we hugged. I think that story would have been, like, too big of a disconnect.
0: Yeah, that's a little cheap. Yeah. I, I, I know. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's tough that, like, part of the happy ending was, like, here are your children's graves.
2: <laughs> and, like, yeah. she gets the closure, yeah, which, which is nice. Yeah. She does. Um, it's just, again, It there's just something a little... I, I thought it was kind of fucked up they gave her a sewing machine at the end. And I know, I, like, I she I thought she that was her skills too. to work. Where it's like, hey, this is the worst part of your life. It ruined your life. Use it. <laughs> like, we need you to make some children's clothes. And she's like...
3: This is her Batman origin story, <laughs> dude. She's going to be sew woman. <laughs>
2: she's going to... Just get little, she will be the seamstress. Gonna get little baby Raymond all, all coated in just just clothing mm. ready to fight crime.
3: Yeah, I thought they were going to take it in the direction of, oh, baby Rose is still alive and they can't find her. Like, for a second, I thought that was going to happen. And I was reminded of that Thanksgiving Hey Arnold episode again. I think we've talked about it in the past. But where, they, where Arnold helps his neighbor find his lost daughter from vietnam
2: i do remember that episode and we have talked about it before and that's, that's fun. it's a truly bizarre piece of nickelodeon but <laughs>
3: it's so weird i had as a small boy i had no idea what the fuck was going on with that and
2: we're also like slightly too young for like people around us to have like like people that are like our immediate parents and stuff other like obviously right. my parents are older um and my dad was a vietnam veteran and stuff but like we're slightly too old for vietnam to be like an important part of our daily dialogue in 1998
3: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a stretch
2: be like it'd be like making a show about desert storm now like just a little <laughs> too far out of reach for those kids <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, th-
0: I, th- I mean i think to your point too john i mean like i think or Brian I I think just like if that would have been the ending it would have just felt like it also would have been like hard to believe just like because what you're you're not going to just your mom who put you in a workhouse and you're like great to see you again glad you're still alive like that probably wouldn't have worked either but
3: well yeah I know and I think it was the line that they had said where they're talking about baby Raymond getting adopted and uh them being hopeful and be like well we have to hope that she's gonna look for him and he's gonna look for her at some point later in their life and i thought oh man they're gonna connect this to the rose thing with mrs jenkins and then it's like yeah it there's a connection of here you are above the ground and here is rose below it
2: can i say my piece as uh as an adopted person about my thoughts on that section uh yeah because oh, i'm gonna guess not great <laughs> I don't... Let's go to don't.
3: senior adopted correspondence, <laughs> John, John Weenie.
2: It's so weird. Like, if you know an adopted person, please stop telling them to, like... Especially if they're, like, an adopted person from, like, a baby. And there's, like... Like, my birth certificate is father unknown. All that stuff. Uh, I don't give a fuck. I don't want to find them. I God, I would. Pro- I would probably briefly humor a person if they found me. But, like... I really don't want that problem in my life. Uh, So maybe just, like, leave adopted people the fuck alone. And leave adopted people who gave up children the fuck alone. It it was hard for me
0: in that scene to understand if, like, if that was, like, projection from the writers and the producers, or if that was, like, oh, this was the sentiment
2: at the time. I think it's the sentiment now, honestly. Because, like, as a 30-year-old-ass man and when like people learn i'm adopted for the first time like their first question is like oh do you know your real parents and like oh like aren't you curious and it's like not particularly and i think that's it's just like something to talk about when adoption comes up. i don't know it's they're also religious so like maybe there's some religiosity there
0: so the other thing i really enjoyed about this episode uh was the music i don't know if you guys like i, I thought they had really nice period christmas music in this like there were some classics in there but there were one or two that uh, i had never heard of before one of which was walk hand in hand by andy williams
2: i did really like that oh that's pretty nice
0: i i didn't do enough research to find this exactly but i don't think that is like necessarily a traditional christmas song but it was just a really nice song that i had never heard before that like got you in the period and also was a good reflection of what was going on at the time
2: in the show
3: yeah if you're catholic who doesn't like a church choir singing christmas hymns
2: (laughs) dude that was like so the all the church choir scenes just reminded me so much of like every 900 year old person in church that deep ass throaty voice just going for it on every christmas song (laughs) (laughs) just committing so damn hard
0: well i mean in all fairness they they seem to put on a pretty stellar christmas pageant at the end of all that yeah despite their the
2: mayor was so happy and i liked his little i liked his little uh mayor necklace <laughs> oh, I, I didn't even notice that. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. I hope I don't know anything about England, like honestly, other than that I just make fun of the dumb stuff uh, that isn't <laughs> I'm real. The yeah. <laughs> Oi, I'm the mayor. Yeah, boy, I'm um, the mayor. But like, <laughs> he, he had this like—I know they have like just like a lot of like holdover traditions, which rules. Uh, that's if anything, me making fun of it is jealousy because America's boring. But like, he had this like weird like golden ass chain on, and it was like this is just a statement. It was a statement piece. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just delighted watching those boys and girls. Couple girls in there.
0: Oh well, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I will <laughs> I do just want to mention that I'm I'm just looking through my notes and one of my notes for this is Mm, pocket lamb chop, which I believe is. <laughs> took me a minute to piece that one back together, but I believe that's something Mrs. Jenkins carried yeah, with her. Yeah, it was, ab-
2: it was, it was absolutely because uh, they're like, she's like, like Mrs. Jenkins, you didn't eat your meals on wheels, and she's like, I'm saving it for rosy, eh? and then like they're walking to go to the dentist, and she's like. She, like, pulls something out of her pocket, and um, the nurse is like, what's that? She's like, lamb chop.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Might be the most British thing that happened on the show. Uh,
2: man, all of it. It's the most British it's, thing. It's so British. It's,
3: it's, it's
0: interesting, too, because, like, I, you know, we, we've we talked a little bit in the past, I think especially when we did our Doctor Who episode about this, this idea of the... The you know the English have a tradition of they have special Christmas episodes like it's a big thing over there to have a Christmas special, of which this was one, and it's it's interesting to see the difference here where, like with Doctor Who, that's that's usually like a pretty big deal and they they kind of pull out a lot of stops for that and it's you know it's action packed and it's it's very Christmassy and you know this is this is definitely Christmassy but again it's just so like this is pretty much just a slightly longer episode than what i assume is their traditional episode length because this is like an hour 15 i think they're usually about 45 to an hour um but like outside of your again your christmas tropes of someone having a baby and putting on a christmas pageant um you know this also probably could have just been a regular episode of this show
2: Also, if you type in uh if you type in this the show must really care about Christmas episodes because I had a little confusion when I was trying to watch it. If you type in uh, "Call a Midwife Christmas Special" on Amazon, you'll get pulled to like the last season, and it's like a it's like a multiple part Christmas special. Oh wow! But I obviously like. That it sounds like too much. It I, that's what I started texting about. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> uh, "Do we? Am I really spending two hours of my life?" calling (laughs) midwives because i would prefer to spend less but i I was i was
0: surprised when i was doing a little research on this show that like you know this we mentioned downton abbey and this is kind of a show that made a splash around that time where like it's like highbrow british tv coming to pbs uh was was very popular and I was like holy shit, this show is still on, like, eight seasons later. Like, this is just one of those mm-hmm. British shows that, like, is quietly going to run forever, I think.
3: Absolutely. And, they, you know, this being a British show, too, I pulled up the IMDb, and every time an actor would come on, I would go, who are you, and how can I reference you to Doctor Who? <laughs> <laughs> and not, it didn't happen as often as you'd think. I really only the main midwife, yeah.
0: Oh, really? Because she, I'm like, man, how many Kira Knightley clones do we have coming out of <laughs> out of England? Because it seems like a lot.
2: It's just how English people look, man. I, I guess. <laughs> that's just what they. That's just what they look like. Yeah, she. Now that you say it, she is. She is exceptionally Kira Knightley cloned, just from the right out of the factory.
0: Well, it's like her and the girl, the British girl on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Kira Knightley are like my three Kira Knightley clones, and I'm sure there are more.
2: <laughs> Just every every Wait. attractive woman in England.
0: What lady Knightley.
3: from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? The
0: only British one.
2: <clears throat> the
0: one.
3: Oh,
2: that the, yeah. You can tell because of the accent. Yes. It's, <laughs> and that you. they look like Kira Knightley.
0: It's tricky like that. <laughs> And she talks like Kira Knightley and she acts like Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley. Is
2: she Is she Kira Knightley? Kira Knightley. <laughs> do you guys want to watch Pirates of the Caribbean?
3: Yes, I watched that actually last week and it holds up. Yeah, first of you one, guys not bad.
2: Do you guys not want to watch Pirates of the Caribbean but listen to the soundtrack? Because that kind of slaps. Uh, absolutely <laughs> does.
0: That'll get you. That'll get you jacked up.
2: Sure, we sure I ready to run through some walls. To get to the nearest Kira Knightley.
3: <laughs>
2: finally, <laughs> finally, ask the Kira Knightley of your dreams out. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Find your Kira Knightley today. Kira
0: Knightley. All right. Well, I think we've we've said what we wanted to say on this episode, so I think we can wrap up with some final judgments. And once again, we're gonna hit it with our our typical Christmas. Episode classifications. So are we calling this a Christmas classic, a pair of socks, or a lump of coal?
2: I'm gonna hit you with a big ol big ol' swerve. But I think for people in its demo, this is probably a Christmas classic. It was I really liked the end. I thought the end was really like positive and happy. Uh I think most of our TV right now is a bummer. Like we try to end on bummers. It was really nice. It is three Keira Knightleys out of three Keira Knightleys. (laughs) (laughs) Well said.
3: I I, I'm going back and forth between Christmas Classic and uh, Paris Socks, but I did really like the ending, and it all did. It all did, you know, start on that train towards that ending pretty early, and I think upon rewatching it, I would like it more. So um yeah yeah I, I three out of three Kieran idiess all right well I will
0: I will say for me it's it's a pair of socks it's it's a nice pair of socks I would say it's the higher higher tier pair of socks that we've had on on this show and to your point John I think absolutely like for certain people this is absolutely gonna be a Christmas classic for you but you know as I've mentioned before to me it's like would I want to go back and watch this you know as an annual tradition and I I just don't for me again see that happening um but it's it's nice like it's just like just imagine yourself with a cup of hot cocoa or a tea later in the evening around the holidays watching this episode under a blanket with some loved ones uh it's just a nice cozy image it's it's a cozy show um and i enjoyed watching it i think it was good to to definitely get out of you know the type of stuff we might it's not something I think we would pick on our own, and so again, we want to thank our friends at Sleigh Bells and Mistletoe Christmas for recommending it to us because I think it's it's good to break out of of our mold a little bit, and I think this this certainly helped.
2: Yeah, I never would have never would have watched this in my life, like no. even if paid without them. So <laughs> eh, good. This was new. It was a new experience for me, and I was pleasantly surprised because I expected. To hate it and then i kept wanting uh, kept expecting to hate it and then by the end i was like i liked that i had a good time yes
0: i think that is a good summation of the
3: experience excellent well that kira knightley kira knightley <laughs> <laughs>
2: well we found we found the new runner <laughs> <laughs> well we found the new Wait, no
0: who do we say our new blake lively <laughs>
2: yeah we are, we are fans of Blake Lively.
0: She's she's our patron saint across the pond, kira Knightley. <laughs>
3: there you go. There you go.
0: Uh, all right. Well, that is going to do it for called midlife. We have one more bonus episode before we kick off our second season, and John's going to be in charge for that one. So, do you want to tell everyone what we're going to be watching?
2: I do we're gonna get spooky but we're gonna also ramp you up for Christmas because we're gonna watch a Tim Burton movie we're gonna which wouldn't be allowed in 2020 because Tim Burton should be outlawed it's <laughs> it's a night before Christmas time let's get yeah some, let's get some bono Carters let's get some good songs subscribe to subscribe to Disney plus you can get it with Hulu and ESPN <laughs> <laughs> there you go yes uh, it's this is inspired by a mean tweet Chris sent to me, so <laughs> but my dating house. <laughs> which, which, to paraphrase that tweet, basically said that if you are uh, a polyamor- every polyamorous, every polyamorous's favorite movie is Night Before Christmas, and uh, it's not wrong. This <laughs> person who's dating a few polyamorous girls. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, that should lead us on a fun adventure, so tune in next month, October 25th, Nightmare Before Christmas. I'm excited. It's never a movie I have watched all in one sitting. I think I've seen most of it, but not all of it, so I am excited to check it
2: out all in one go and see how I feel. I grew up in the mid-2000s. This was played at my local movie theater every Halloween and uh, Christmas, and I had fucking flat iron bangs dog i saw this movie so much <laughs> <laughs> uh
3: next episode is just gonna be john doing all the lines himself yes <laughs> it's gonna the be whole a whole movie full, it's gonna full, be three hour long full i actually probably
2: haven't seen it since i was like 19 i think, oh. I think college kind of straightened me out of being a fucking little scene kid so
3: yeah that's when you picked up fight club and here we are. <laughs> yeah,
2: then I got really into fight. I was, I was also shit. Really, I was absolutely into Fight Club for the wrongest reasons in high school. <laughs> so, you know, there's some two thousands for you, babies.
0: Full circle. <laughs> All right. Well, in the meantime, in the next month, if you can rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, any of that stuff helps. Uh, get more eyeballs on us as we head into the launch of our second season, and you can reach out to us, Gmail, Instagram, Twitter, Yuletide TV, all those fun places you can find us. We hope to hear from you. Thanks for supporting us. As always, we haven't said that in a while, but it's it's cool. We'll we we had over a hundred people follow us on Instagram, which is like doesn't mean a lot, but it's kind of cool like that. we enjoy you yeah so until next time i have been chris
3: i have been brian
2: (laughs) i'm john kira knightley john john (laughs) John kira knightley kira knightley weeding Weeding. john 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 John, quotations kira knightley weeding there we go. No last. Kear- Kearest of
3: nightly. I was. I was. Some, some would say.
2: I was trying to find if she had a cameo so we could get her to record. Record an <laughs> intro for the podcast. <laughs> uh, unfortunately not.
0: <laughs> Dang. Dreams. She's too classy for us. I don't think she's on social media either, so we can't solicit her that way. But some way, someday we will. Well, find get
2: her. Renner. Maybe get Renner Lydley. in touch with us. Yeah, get Renner in touch with us. I'm sure we can get Renner in touch. Yeah. With Eric, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Then they can remake Fight Club. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Uh,
0: Until next time, we are glad that you and Kieran Knightley are still alive. See you Keira next time. <laughs> Slaybell sounds provided by Michael Koenig from SoundBible.com and joy to the world provided by free
3: XmasMP3.com.